Hey everyone, my name's Nicole. I'm Brenna. I'm Reed. And this is FitClick. podcast where we talk about fan fiction and this episode is a special spooky halloween episode we like kind of said that it didn't have to be spooky but then we made it spooky anyway more on that shortly um this is an episode where all three of us have brought fics to discuss and nick you're up first what did you bring my fic for this episode is quelled and quenched in leaves by ao3 user senri this is a fic for the video game Stardew Valley. It's Jen, though there is also some Elliot slash player technically involved in here. Uh, it's a second person POV tagged for world building, and it definitely has some horror elements, so I'm excited to get into it. Reed, what is your pick? My fic is Red and a Little More Red by Atwater. It is for Formula One RPF. The pairing is Charles Leclerc and Sebastian Vettel. It is an AU that also definitely has some horror vibes going on. Brenna, what's your fic? My pick for this episode is Practical Magic by Not Spring. Uh, this is a fic for the K-pop group Shiny. The pairing is Minho and Ki. Um, I had to close my dreary corner for the time being. Um, so we've moved to Brenna's Minki corner for the time being. Thank you all for participating in this space. I love this. A new era. Growth and change. Yeah. Yeah, the your corner is like still there. It's just like the door's been closed. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it's like under renovation. <laughs> the exhibit is closed to the public for the time being. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we've we've transitioned currently to the cozy minky corner. This is a uh, modern with magic AU. It's got a few spooky elements, but it's pretty lighthearted. For this episode, we asked our ficlets if they would help us go trick-or-treating. Um, we bait and switched y'all with this concept a couple of years ago, and I won't say any more on that. So if you want to go wa- uh, watch, <laughs> listen to the FitClick, what is it, 2021 horror special, you are welcome to do that. Um, I won't say anything else, but this time we are indeed trick-or-treating in ficlet recommendations. So... Ficklets, thank you so much if you submitted a fic recommendation for this. Uh, I will tell you what we asked for and how this kind of ended up working. We asked for Ficklets to either submit a treat or a trick. Either of those is going to be some kind of a fan work recommendation. The difference that we kind of delineated was a treat is either something that like does what it says on the tin or that they know one of us is really going to love or that's just like one of their favorite stories, warm, fuzzy feelings, good vibes. A trick is deceptive and deceitful. A trick is doing great evil in this world. Um, oh it could also God. just be something that they wow. didn't think we would like, but they wanted to pitch it anyway. Is like a, hmm, you don't like this trope, but maybe you'll like this story. Could be something with a lot of warnings on it. Could be something that has horror elements. Um, anything like that. Something surprising, unexpected, tricksy. Uh, So folks submitted, they told us whether they believed it was a trick or a treat, and then we jumped into the spreadsheet and picked our fix from there. Brenna had a good idea of um, using a little random number generator to pick a couple of fix so it would feel a little bit more like actual trick-or-treating. Like if you stick your hand in like a little bucket and you don't know exactly what you're getting, you like pull out a couple of candies. Um, That was sort of what we did is the three of us each did a random number generator to pull three fix to read and pick one of them to bring. 
When I did my random number generator, I was slightly later to the game than my co-hosts, um, and one of my numbers ended up being a number that Reed and brought. <laughs> Reed was like, I'm doing this thick. I was like, oh, shoot. That was one of the numbers <laughs> I just pulled. And we can't eat the same candy bar. Um, so I ended up like beyond my random number generator numbers, also just like looking through the trick-or-treat responses. And early on in this form, there was a response uh, that was a treat fic from Ficklet Avery for Shiny. And the little note from Avery reads, this fic is specifically a treat for Brenna because it's Minky. Um, also, it's a ghost story, so it's extremely appropriate for a Halloween episode. Um, I would definitely say this is a treat. It's even though it has a spooky Halloween element, it is very lighthearted, very fun. It was right up my alley. So it definitely was like a treat for me. I do feel like I sort of wandered away from the house that like we were all trick-or-treating at. And I like went across the street and I got one of those like full-size candy bars, <laughs> um, which was like slightly against the rules. But like, I'm happy at the end of the night. So <laughs> I'm going to take it. Yeah, I will say I also had sort of just looked through the sheet um, and there were a lot of fix on there that looked very interesting or ones that I already had on my marked for later. Um, so even if we didn't pick one of your fix that you submitted, there is a chance that it will just appear on the pod in the future anyway. Um, also, speaking of Avery, I do just need to shout this out because it was absolutely cracking me up. Avery had an agenda um, and Brenna did deviate from that agenda. Avery submitted, I think, mm -hmm. six or five <laughs> different submissions and most of those were Transformers. <laughs> and the descriptions on like what makes this a trick or a treat were making me audibly laugh like, this is a trick because I'm trying to trick you all into reading more Transformers fic. And then, like, a couple other people submitted some fics. And then, like, a little bit later, it's another, hello, it's me, back on my bullshit. Here's another Transformers fic. And then, you know, a couple other people. And then again, um, in all caps, trick, it's me again with more Transformers. Um, Avery, I'm sorry that the RNG did not work in your favor to bring a Transformers fic. But I appreciate the dedication and the perseverance. Um... And perhaps, again, you will see one of those on the pod in the future. I just had to call that out because I really respect submitting, like, several times to be like, I want you to do this fandom and I'm going to stack the odds in my favor. I feel like Avery was that house that, like, I went across the street and I got the full-size candy bar. But then when I brought you guys back, Avery was like, I don't have any more of that. <laughs> Instead, what I have is, like, a whole bucket of one type of candy. It's a candy we like, but it was definitely a trick pulled on us. Yeah, I agree. It was very fun. I did love seeing how people were explaining whether something was a trick or a treat. Um, and like Reed, after I selected my fic out of the randomly generated options I gave myself, I did mark a bunch of stuff for later. So thank you again if you submitted stuff and we will definitely be uh, looking at these recommendations for a while to come. Uh, the fic that I picked was recommended by an anonymous ficlet, so hello out there, wherever you are. Thank you so much. <laughs> we appreciate you. Um, it is for Stardew Valley. It's marked as a trick, and they wrote, A Stardew Valley Gen Horror Fic. It takes elements of the game and stretches them to logical conclusions, and then stretches them even further to something awe-inspiring in the way it creates the unsettling mood of horror. I thought it fit trick perfectly. Um, I agree. It very much takes such a fun little game and has a lot to say about it, so more on that in my actual discussion proper. but. Thank you, Anonymous, for submitting. The fic that I ended up bringing to the pod today was submitted by Cricket. Uh, this was also a trick. And um, what Cricket said about it is, maybe someone with a bigger brain than me wouldn't have been as mind blown as I was, but this fic changed my molecular makeup or something. Like the kind of fic where I immediately texted a friend to tell them that I had read the most delicious fic that had fucked me up. And they responded immediately knowing exactly which fic I had read, LOL. I was the galaxy brain meme by the end of reading this. 
I love that. I love that as a reading experience. Um, this fic definitely also took me on a journey. I think trick is absolutely the right designation for it. And yeah, I love the, oh my god, I'm texting a friend about it and they know they're in the same spot as me. Literally two days ago during our pre-discussion, I was talking about a fic that Brenna once introduced to me that um, my notes that I made for myself are, it makes me feel like I'm actively dumping gasoline on myself every time I read it. And I do mean that positively. Um, and I know that if I go into Brenna's text and I even like vaguely allude to it, she will know and be on the same page as me. <laughs> yeah, so. it's it's changed how I view certain things in the real world forever. <laughs> um, so Cricket, I love that you brought a fic that had that same experience for you and that I got to now I really Cricket also probably knows this other fic we're talking about. <laughs> Cricket DM us. <laughs> the farmer and Nick's fic sure couldn't trick themselves out of their existential dread. Nick? My fic for this episode is Quelled and Quenched in Leaves by AO3 user Senri for the fandom Stardew Valley video game. Uh, this is rated for teen and up. The category is gen. The creator did choose not to use archive warnings, so I am going to give a couple of content warnings all the way up at the top here because I'm remembering to do so. The main one is kind of cosmic slash existential horror. There is quite a bit of that in there. And then there also is, I think, a general one for death. The anonymous recommender added that to their recommendation for the trick-or-treat form as well. So I did not find this particularly upsetting nor did I find it particularly graphic in any way, really. It's very poetic, quite a pretty story, and it's about uh, 4,000 words long. So just note that going in because it's very minimally tagged. This fic is in second person. Our main character and our POV, uh, the the you that is being uh, theoretically spoken to here, is the farmer in Stardew Valley. So if you're not familiar, Stardew Valley is a farming sim game. You play a farmer who ends up inheriting a farm and going out to like fix it up and meet townspeople and escape your soul-crushing 9 to 5. It is a very escapist game. It is on a lot of cozy gaming lists. Um, I believe all three of us have played and enjoyed this game to some extent. It is definitely the video game for which I have the most hours logged, but we do have to acknowledge that that doesn't actually mean that much. <laughs> <laughs> I like it, though, and I think it's fun. So this fic follows our farmer in uh, kind of a later year. So in Stardew Valley, you jump in into year one, you play through the seasons. We'll talk a little more about how that works later on. Um, but you can progress through multiple years in the game. It takes a while to do so, but it is very much doable. And after a certain point, you stop kind of advancing the quote unquote plot of the game. A lot of the prompts are ones that you've already seen. And in many cases, you have already sort of accomplished what you needed to in the first year, two years, three years of playing. From there, a lot of things are quite similar, and that is a central conceit of this story. So this is about the farmer kind of reflecting on their life in a later year in the game as the seasons progress, thinking about the fact that there is not uh, a whole lot of ground to continue covering, and what that would be like if you actually were living it, as opposed to just playing it as the player and potentially making a new save file. That is my overview. I really loved this story. I picked it because I think not only was it on theme with that horror cant for our Halloween episode, but it was just really interesting. Uh, I love second person POV. I love any sort of non-traditional structure or formal choice in writing. We know this about me. So I wanted to go ahead and choose it. I am excited to hear what my co-hosts had to say about this story as well, and then we'll dive more into conversation. 
sorry, this is not about this fic at all. Uh-huh. Um, but well, it, it's tangential. I just went on a tangent of my own here, okay. sitting here. Um, I noticed that this fic was written for the exchange uh, and was in a collection called Summer of Horror Exchange 2023. And I said to myself, that's interesting because we've just been thinking a lot and talking a lot about how there isn't a lot of horror um, in fanfic. So I went over and there's like 70 some fics in this and like other fan works. And I came across a a fan work that is uh, a piece of fan art called Bursting with Flavor tagged for Pizza Tower video game. It caught my eye because of the character Pepino Spaghetti, Pepino. I think we've discussed before on this pod. <laughs> Pepino's not doing well in this, in this art. Let me just send this to you too really yeah, quick. Yeah, please. Also, I, does Pepino have lore on the pod or is it just us for the Twitter poll? I, d- I, I don't, don't remember. I'm putting this in, in the Pepino versus Jaehyun. Like, I definitely did say that Pepino <laughs> could do sticker, but Jaehyun couldn't do Pizza Tower, but I don't think that was on the podcast. <laughs> you did, yeah. I thought we talked about Pepino spaghetti like multiple times, but maybe oh it's all been off air. I'm so scared I'm opening it right now. Bursting with flavor. I don't have context for this <gasps> at all. I don't know who these people are. <gasps> oh my god. Well, yes. If I had looked at the tags body horror and fan art, perhaps I would have slightly braced more, but I didn't. I mean, wow. I was braced because Brenna said it was fan art and that Pepino's not having a good time, but I missed that Brenna Lord. said it was fan art. I only heard that well, Pepino was not having neck? a good time. Oh, well. Well, I'm leaving kudos, but God, wow. The notes say it's a parody of a scene from The Thing, not Mpreg. So, listeners, you can take what you will from that. And I don't think this is probably all that hard to find um, if this part stays in the audience. (laughs) (laughs) Remains to be seen. Well, I'm really sorry I took us on this journey. I just, that's fine. I was scrolling through a lot of fics that looked interesting and like what I would expect kind of for like a summer of horror exchange um but yeah i don't i've learned a lot today about pizza tower the video game mm-hmm. i'd um, like to learn less most of it yeah. not <laughs> which i could good <laughs> <laughs> yeah i thought this was a really clever and interesting fic and like a very clever take on the world of stardew valley it's not necessarily what I would have expected, like, if you had told me that it was for, like, a summer of horror exchange. I mean, I did see that on there, but I was just coming into this on its own, like, not from the collection tag or something. Um, but it definitely has some sinister elements, and I really like how it pushes at the boundaries of this very, like, wholesome and cozy video game. I like that when we talk about video game fic, I feel like we're often talking about fics that like push at the boundaries of the narrative that the game has created for the player. And like I think we're often talking about uh games in fic that like have some space to like play out a story. Um I think Stardew Valley is a really interesting one to sort of push at the limits of, especially because the game sort of sets itself up as like there's this big large world that you came from and then you came to this like small little enclave that you can't really leave but i guess you can go to the desert town sometimes or there's like a volcano town in a update i haven't played um because i haven't played this game in a number of years now um but i think that really sets it up well for like pushing at the boundaries of sort of like narrative and setting and space all together and i think this fic does that in a really like cool and interesting way yes long time or maybe medium time listeners will know that I love to talk about video games and video game fic 
Um, I don't remember the last time we were in video game corner. Yeah. Thank you so much. I think actually maybe the last time we were there was for my birthday. Um, But I love video games. I love video game fic. As Bren said, I think it is always fun to see the ways in which fic pushes at what a game has established. Um, I'm always super interested in how fic for a video game chooses to literalize or incorporate the mechanics of how the game is played, like how much meta gets pulled in. Um, In this fic, quite a lot of meta in a way that I thought was really clever and well done. Um, I thought the second person POV was so smart for this fic. Uh, I think it was like absolutely the right choice for what this author was doing. Um, We talked about one other Stardew Valley fic for the pod. And in that one, the farmer was an OC. It was like a Yuletide gift and the person had written it. The farmer based on some stuff for the recipient, which was super cute. But I think for this fic and for like the style of the prose and again for the story that it was telling i think it just worked so well to have it be second person and to have the farmer be a sort of a this like half self insert that is the way that you play the game yeah overall i just think this fic did some really clever and interesting things um taking a quote unquote cozy game as nick said and then making it kind of unsettling i put quote unquote around cozy because like is stardew valley cozy i guess right like you're on a farm oh that seems so nice i and many other people are out here like stressing i'm like trying to optimize my farm i've realized like i'm really not good at sandboxy games like a stardew valley or an animal crossing because i get very hung up on like okay how do i optimize this but when i'm playing stardew valley i have nine thousand tabs open i want like what every villager's favorite gift is i need the times that they're going to different places i want to know like what are the best crops for the season etc where can i find this fish that i need to complete the ocean bundle in the community center like it is a cozy game in vibes but also requires at least for me just a lot of like effort and planning um and i've seen other people on tiktok be like stardew valley is not a cozy game because people are out here making entire spreadsheets for their farms and i'm like you know what so true that could never Does that be make me. it not cozy though like how are we defining cozy i don't know that is a good because question i do i do kind of feel like this is this is tangential once again to this conversation sorry i feel like i'm gonna be doing this a lot tonight um <laughs> but I feel like cozy is this like burgeoning subgenre that everyone on TikTok is like obsessed with. And it as of yet has like no real like central defining factor. It's like running purely on vibes. And I feel like soon it's going to either need to be defined or it's just going to completely spiral out of control. Um, because I've definitely seen some things that are like cozy book wrecks. And I'm like, the secret history by Donna <laughs> Turner is not a cozy <laughs> book wreck. Like... <laughs> <laughs> it's like low-key a psychological like thriller <laughs> i guess not thriller but like a psychological whatever litfic novel um i would not say anything about it is cozy unless like you are just concentrating on imagining yourself in new hampshire in the fall um is it new hampshire is it vermont i don't know don't ask me it's been a really long time since i read that book um I definitely feel like I play Stardew Valley in a cozy way. I don't Google shit. I don't know. I don't know what's happening. I'm just running my farm. I mean, I am trying to like optimize it, but in a sort of lax way. (laughs) We were during pre-discussion talking about like the ways that the three of us play Stardew Valley and it feels so right. Like Brennan's like, I did none of the relationship developing with any of the people. (laughs) I was like farm focused only. And Nick is like, my wife, Abigail. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. The closer a video game plays to being a book, the happier I am. So the more <laughs> I could, like, interact with the characters, whenever I got a cutscene, I was so excited. My farm is fine. I think compared to a lot of people's, it is a pathetic travesty. But I don't <laughs> care. I'm not here to farm. I'm here to vibe and, like, talk no, to like people. You're here to farm. That's literally your job. Yeah, my name is Farmer Nicole in my save file. <laughs> I'm here to go to the mines and the skull caverns and, like, swing my sword. Yeah. It's fine. Anyway, back to the fic. Back to the fic. Yeah. Well, one thing I wanted to talk about a lot with this fic is its relationship with NPCs. As someone who very much enjoys playing this game for those relationships and for those writing moments, one of my like absolute top favorite lines in the whole story, I'm just going to skip us straight here if I can find it. Okay, so uh, in year two, this guy named Kent comes back to town. He is one of the new events of the new year. Very exciting. A fresh change in Stardew Valley. And the farmer goes and talks to him in this really interesting scene where they seem to be talking, not quite at like cross purposes, but they're having kind of a weird little conversation. And at one point, the farmer in the narration notes, um, you've shared beers here, gifted him roasted hazelnuts and fiddlehead risotto. He loves you. You're one of his closest friends. You're one of his wife's closest friends. You're one of his kids' closest friends. And it's just like a brief little moment, but it's so good at piercing into what this author is trying to accomplish in terms of highlighting the unsettling vibes. Because, yeah, how freaking weird is it to be like besties with an entire family of like multiple generations who are programmed to love you? As long as you give them stuff that they like. If you give him some garbage, he's not going to be happy about that, probably. But I found that such an interesting observation. This idea that like, these relationships are hackable and that they are pre-written to a certain extent. That is definitely not the central creepiness of this story. There is a much greater different creepiness that drives a lot of uh, the narrative. But I loved that as a little detail. It felt so smart. Yeah, talking about little details, for whatever your definition of a cozy game is, I think we can all agree, like Stardew Valley is not as a whole creepy or unsettling or anything like that. No. But I do like- <laughs> It's really sweet. Yeah, but I do like how this fic pulled in some canonical elements and then ramped them up. It mentions the kids at one point because the the second person POV, the farmer, is married to Elliot and you have children. Um, and there's just a couple of these references to the kids are still not talking, which is a bit unusual at their age, but oh, they sure can scamper. And every time it talks about the kids, it's like, and maybe one day they'll talk. They're just like a little bit off-putting. And I really liked that for a couple of reasons. One, I don't consume horror at all because I'm a baby, but definitely, like, unsettling children is a horror trope that is, it freaks me out so bad. Like, yeah, the twins from The Shining, you do spook me. I don't know, like, they'll have a child's, like, lullaby, but made, like, creepy as the music for a horror trailer, and every single time I'm like, yeah, you are freaking me out actively. <laughs> um, You're, like, a great audience for that. Mm -hmm. But also, like, in the game of Stardew Valley, there are some unsettling moments with the children, not just that they don't talk, but um, you can, if you decide that you no longer want kids, you can dismiss them, which turns them into doves. Um, but if you do so, there are a couple of different, like, Easter eggs that can happen. You can get a telephone call that's, like, all of this, like, static, and I think the text of it reads... But wait, beneath it all, you can make something else out, an otherworldly voice. And then this is written in all caps with a dash between each letter. You have forsaken us. Um, Christ. So that's fun. I or there's also this. like, um, you can sort of like around the time of 
Spirits Eve, which is like Halloween in the game, a cursed doll can pop out of your TV and then it says like, you've brought this upon yourself. Now I'm oh. free. He he he. And it like runs around the farm and it attacks you like until Ooh. you kill it. Oh my goodness. Um, which has never happened to me in the game. I've gotten married. I've never had kids, but I have seen people talk about the creepy little Easter eggs. And I just liked the way that this fic pulled those in. Again, in a game in which the canon is not very unsettling, I thought it was really like smart to ground some of the creeping dread and acknowledgement that something is not right in canonical parts of the game that are a little bit weird and fucked up. Mm -hmm. And that are easy to write off to a degree because your life is never really in danger in Stardew Valley. You can get down to like zero health or zero energy, but then you like wake up, right? And it's fine. There's not like this, like I hate combat in games. Stardew Valley, it's fine. I get my little slime ring and I go slashing and then I'm chill. But yeah, like taking the horror elements and actually trying to play them out as opposed to, ooh, this is like a fun little Easter egg that like I'm enjoying. Like, oh no, I feel bad. I dismissed my kids and made them birds. But oh well, like nothing actually that bad can happen to me. That feels to me like a marker of the cozy genre. That mm -hmm. like the stakes genuinely are lower than they would be in other genres so that you can relax, you can like exhale as you're reading and you don't have to get all tense and worried. Yeah, I feel like there's sort of this narrative safety net with mm. Cozy, where, like, even if the author ups the stakes a little bit, like, you know that nothing truly catastrophic is going to happen, and that either the character you're reading about or you're playing as or whatever is, like, going to be okay in the end. Um, this fic definitely, like, breaks that part of <laughs> yes. the Cozy aspect. The farmer is not doing um, well. <laughs> No, the farmer's totally fine. The farmer's just like losing their mind a little bit. It's okay. Um, we've all been there. Mm -hmm. Usually not trapped in a video game. No. But I hope not. I we might not know yet. Yeah, that's really true. We don't know. Um so the farmer like throughout this fic, the farmer starts to get pretty unsettled by sort of various things that are happening. Um, and then in particular by a new sculpture that they see from that Leah's made who's one of the NPCs in Stardew Valley. Um, and the sculpture is sort of this twisty, turny, like, knot that's been carved out of wood that just, like, loops back in on itself and, like, twists and turns over and over without, like, an end or beginning. And uh, this, like, really freaks the farmer out. And the farmer's like, <laughs> gotta go see the wizard because, like, maybe he'll have an answer. Like, I don't really know what's happening. Um... The wizard, like, doesn't help. Um, shout out to the unhelpful Stardew Valley wizard. <laughs> I was always really annoyed with the wizard when I was playing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Love that guy. Um. <laughs> He's my father-in-law in the game, technically. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm, mm-hmm. Um, and then the wizard's like, yeah, I can totally give you, like, this drink again that you've had from me before, which I didn't, like, remember doing in the game, but I also, again, have not played Stardew Valley in probably, like, six years. Um... Or at least not, like, in earnest. Yeah, just sort of jumping ahead. This, these are all spoilers, obviously. Thank you very much. You know how this uh, show works by now. <laughs> you. The farmer, you, essentially asks, uh, how long have I been in this town? What's out there? Or is it in here? Or is it everywhere? And then the wizard offers you another uh, portion of this potion that he made. And he says, clear the scales from your eyes and you will see you've made the most of your life here, haven't you? The gifts that you've been given weren't an accident. Um, then you die. Oops. <laughs> R.I.P. Little farmer. Um, it turns out that in this version of Stardew, you actually aren't 
invincible and you don't just like wake up back at your house. I mean, in a way you kind of do yeah. because the whole point of this is that it's like the cyclical narrative and there will be a new farmer, but I guess it's a slightly different new farmer. I don't know. I have like three farms, so they're all sort of doing the same thing, but I guess slightly differently. They have different outfits. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think like in this particular version, like in the in the fic, this farmer does like keep waking up after losing health or losing energy at home, like you would in the game. It's yeah. just yeah. when the player guiding the the player is the cosmic horror, technically. I think mm-hmm. in this fic, like it's me. <laughs> I'm doing the evil. Um, I'm encouraging the valley to consume the farmer so that I can like have a fresh start for a new save file. Like that is really interesting to me that it engages with this idea of the player enacting sort of violence upon the player character by doing whatever you want. Like Toy Story. I do really like also that like basically like you all the stuff that you as the player character are in this sort of goes back into the game and like renews and refreshes it i feel like that kind of goes to what reed was talking about about like when you're playing and you're like looking everything up to find out like the optimized ways but i also feel like for me when i'm like oh i need to optimize this sometimes it's just like making a new save file so it sort of is like taking all of my knowledge from the previous iteration of myself and like putting that back into the game to like do it again and to like repeat my favorite pieces this one the fic reads anyone could find wonderful treasures there towards the end um and i was definitely thinking about just like it is fun sometimes just be like okay like let's reset and do the whole beginning part all over again and like figure out how we're like organizing things this time um and i feel like this fic plays with that in like a fun way yeah, Bren, that's really interesting because I was thinking about how one of the things I really like that this fic did is how it starts with um, the farmer finding a piece of petrified wood and bringing it to Gunther at the museum. And Gunther's like, oh, if wood gets buried under dirt, it become it looks like a fossilized rock or like an opal, but it's something that's been there for thousands and thousands of years that gets changed over the pressure in the course of time. And then after the farmer consumes the drink from the wizard and has this vision and or dies, um, it's just this moment where the farmer's view of themselves sort of expands and expands and expands. And there's this imagery of the farmer being cradled in the valley with like the head at one end and the feet at the other and just sort of becoming one with it and being subsumed by it. And I loved that sort of callback to realizing that the petrified wood that the farmer found at the beginning was definitely like the bones of a previous farmer, a previous life, a previous save file. Um, And something else I was thinking about as you were talking, Brent, about going into a new file and bringing in your knowledge. um, It is interesting because with some video games, you can create a new file that does have benefits if you've played the game before, um, Mm -hmm. like a new game plus. That's not something with Stardew Valley. It is something with like Fire Emblem. Hollow Knight. Um, hmm? Hollow Knight? It is not something with Hollow Knight. Shoot. Uh, Fire Emblem. I'm always always back in Fire Emblem. (laughs) But for a game like Fire Emblem, where I've done a new file and done like a new game plus or whatever, there's still a lot that I have to like grind and do, but a lot of things are made easier because I did that work to begin with. And even though Stardew Valley doesn't work in that same way, like you don't start with a new farm and you like magically have a lot of gold or like there are less rocks and trees and stuff for you to clear. It is easier when you know what you're doing and when you're working off of this like past basis. And if you're a person playing a video game, that's fun. You get to like play the game in a slightly new and perhaps better way, more enjoyable for you. In this fic, 
it's horrible. <laughs> the implications <laughs> of it are pretty awful and like existentially dreadful. And I loved that. Yeah, I also think that this fic asks some interesting questions around like, what does it mean for something to end? And then what does a beginning kind of require or ask of someone? Like it's so much about cycles. Stardew Valley is so much about cycles. A lot of the beginning part of the story is talking about like, hey, it's spring. Yay. The summary is literally uh, just the line, spring comes to Stardew Valley again, exclamation point, falling leaves emoji. That's the whole summary. <laughs> And it is like, oh, it's a time of renewal. You have to do the chores because the winter definitely encroached upon your farm and you have to plant your seeds and everything. Um, and so like there are so many very small endings and beginnings throughout the course of this game if you look at the cycles. But then it's like, I also think about what it means for there to be a big ending if we're literally talking about like existential horror and dread and like the human experience, <laughs> capital E, ending. Um, Stardew Valley doesn't really have that. The farmer doesn't age. There's no point at which you have quote unquote beaten the game. You can play it forever. And that's part of where the dread comes from, I think. But this author did really endeavor to create an ending for Stardew Valley, even if that ending is just the last time a save file is played. And the farmer does get sort of subsumed by the valley, which is hungry, it seems like, to take whatever it can and put that into a new save file and put that into a new beginning. Um, I don't know. It's just I just find the entire concept of the way this story and Stardew Valley in general treat endings and beginnings super interesting. Yeah, this fic did so many interesting things, and I definitely would not have found it on my own. So thank you again to this anonymous ficlet. Um, it is just a super random little story that somebody loved and wanted to share. So appreciate it. So glad we got to talk about it. That was our discussion of Quelled and Quenched in Leaves by Senri. All right, next fic. Let's start do it. So my fic, again, recommended by Cricket, thank you, is Red and a Little More Red by Atwater for Formula One RPF. The relationship is Charles Leclerc, Sebastian Vettel. Formula One is a sport in which they drive cars really fast, but you don't need to know literally anything about the sport or frankly, even much about these people um, in order to read this fic. Nick thought Sebastian Vettel was hockey player Sebastian Ajo the whole time I they got were confused. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Those lads are pretty different. Uh, yeah, I realized that after. <laughs> I guess they both exist and they play a sport, sort of. The fix still worked. Vettel's, <laughs> like, retired, so that's not even really yeah. a true statement. <laughs> also, do you play Formula One? <laughs> They're named Sebastian. <laughs> and I heard Sebastian. of them first in the context of a sport. <laughs> Sebastian Vettel is a mid-30s German man who has won multiple Formula One world championships the most I know about Sebastian Ajo is that I think he plays for the Hurricanes. Yeah, I didn't realize he was still there when I, I looked him I up. I think I know what he looks like. Let me give him a goog. Because he was a Hurricane when I was into hockey, and that was a long time ago. Yeah, baby, I totally knew what he looked like. <laughs> oh, he's an alternate captain. I Good for him. <laughs> yeah, baby. Like. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> anyway, this fic does not feature um, any hockey players. It only features Charles and Sebastian and Lewis Hamilton a little bit. As mentioned, you don't need to have any knowledge because this is completely an AU. Lewis runs a sort of like holistic spiritual health wellness store. Um, and Charles is a frightened and confused little monogasque who went on Google and comes into the store and goes, hello, I think I'm being haunted. Can you help? 
Um, and Sebastian is just sort of hanging out with Lewis at the shop, and he's like, yes, sure, I'll come help you. This fic only has two tags, and I feel like they really sum up the fic well. It is tagged for hauntings, and when being a practical German actually causes you to make insane decisions. So yeah. true. Before I get into any real details about this fic, um, and my thoughts and my co-host's thoughts, I do want to say that um, this fic does play a lot with dramatic irony and definitely has a sort of twist ending. If you sort of like hear the content warnings and you think you're good with this and like any part of this sounds interesting, I would highly recommend you go read this fic before you listen to us spoil anything about it. It is seven and a half K, so it's not that long. Um, the content warnings I would give for this fic are haunting slash possession somewhere in there and then situational consent issues. It's not tagged for Dubcon, and the three of us didn't think it quite fits under that tag, but it is an explicit fic, and because of, again, refer back to hauntings and possession, you can sort of make your inferences from there. With that being said, I really liked this fic and the experience of reading it. Um, I think it did such a good job with its, like, slow, creeping dread, because when Charles is first introduced in the fic, he really seems, frankly, a little bit hopeless and pathetic. Um, and I really can't blame Sebastian for getting roped into, like, wanting to help him. Even as Sebastian is like, I don't know this guy. I do not need to be coming over to his house to be testing for carbon monoxide poisoning. But, like, here I am. We'll see how this goes. Um, and then it just kind of gets worse and worse and worse. Uh, there was a point in the fic where I was like, oh, Sebastian, girl, get out of there. It was very much like the, again, I don't watch horror, but I guess the feeling of watching a horror movie and being like, just leave the house. You don't need to investigate this, but you know that the person will not. Um, that was very much the experience of reading this fic. Um, I did say in the intro, I was like, I feel like we misled the ficlets slightly with the trick-or-treat form. Not totally. Um, we did explicitly say, like, it doesn't have to be spooky. It doesn't have to be Halloween-themed. Like, trick-or-treat is not about making it, like, again, Halloween, october -y. And then all three of us went for some form of unsettling um well we said that partly because we're like we sometimes struggle to find fix that fit that genre and then the ficlets were like you clowns watch this yeah exactly but yeah i just think this fic did so many clever and good things i've read some formula one fic and charles has been in a couple of the fics that i've read but he hasn't really been like the main ship focus maybe like one or two fics i've read very little about sebastian vettel um and so it was interesting to see the characterizations for both of them I thought they were very fun. I have a lot to say, I think, about the characterizations in this fic, but it worked well for me as someone who doesn't read a lot about these people. I think it would work well if you don't have a lot of Formula One knowledge. I will let Nick weigh in on that. You have some Formula One knowledge, but, you know, as someone who's not, not like, actively following the sport. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I liked this. I have lots of thoughts about it, but I want to hear what my co-host's thoughts were first. I had a great time. I thought this was extremely fun. It was funny. It was interesting. It was a bit eerie. I thought it was very voicey. I really liked Sebastian as our main character and our POV character. It's only in his POV throughout. Uh, this fic is, a, what is it, 7,600 words long. It feels pretty quick, honestly. I got through it super quickly. I think one reason this fic is so accessible if you're not in Formula One or Formula One RPF or like the fandom at all, like me... Uh, is because it's such a small little contained world. So we only really have three characters. Only two of them are super relevant to like the plot of this story and the ongoing narrative. 
I didn't feel that worried about who these guys were. I thought I knew and I was wrong about one of them because <laughs> I had <laughs> I mixed some things up. It happens. Um, I think that it does a really good job keeping the setting quite small, too. We're only in a couple of places, really, throughout this entire story. I have thoughts about how, and I'll talk about this more in Brenna's fic, all three of our stories did kind of have this idea of some character's home and the idea that that home can be creepy, scary, haunting, that it can like ask something of the person that is living in it. Um, is that the case here? Ooh, I don't know. Question marks. It's a mystery in this fic. But I just thought that was like a really interesting and fun through line. So yeah, overall, I really liked it. I liked how voicey the narration was. And I liked that I could understand what was happening throughout the entire story. Yeah, I definitely thought this was fun. This was one of the fics that I got in my original random number generator as well. And I was like, hoo-hoo, this Formula One Halloween fic. But then Reed was like, it's mine. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I did my homework on time for once. <laughs> wow, okay. I see. Being called out left and right on this podcast tonight. <laughs> um, <laughs> and you know what? Sometimes I deserve it. Um, yeah, this was, this was really entertaining. I have read a fair amount of formula one rpf but i have really not read a whole lot for either of these two characters like read i've read fix where they are definitely like present as side characters but i haven't i don't think i've ever read a charles sebastian fic before i just went and looked and like there are over 800 fics with them as a tag what? but i also there's a lot of fics in formula one that just have like a lot of pairings tagged so i have no idea how like central they are in these fics or not mm -hmm. um i don't really know what their canonical like dynamic is between these two um sorry i have not been paying attention at all <laughs> like to them. the connecting thread of ferrari even though they never raced at ferrari at the same time i don't know um i feel like i also just like got in a little late to like learn a ton about sebastian vettel even though i think he's like a cool dude i like don't really know the the seb lore um i also barely know the charles lore but i will say like i did think the tone of voice for charles throughout this was like very charles like i could totally hear him in this fic which i really enjoyed and i feel like definitely gave me a sort of feeling of like a touch point throughout this as like coming in as a formula one fan um it's like a very clever, interesting little premise, and I am excited to talk about it in relation to the one I brought as well, because they're very similar premises with very different executions, yes. and they sort of take this sort of semi-comedic, like, oh my god, I'm haunted, and the other person being like, are you even? Like, what is happening here in, like, two very different directions? So I am really excited to get to the point of being able to, like, talk about these sort of in, compar in comparison with one another. Um but yeah, I had a good time with this. I It definitely goes quick. I think like I saw the number of words at the top, but then I got through it like faster than I thought I would for that quantity. Um, I kind of wanted more. Like, I'm not going to lie. I it, it ends a little abruptly, which I'm not mad about, but I wanted a little bit more lead up to the end. I think this is also just because I've been in, in a mood of reading relatively long like mystery books. And while this isn't technically a mystery it has mysterious elements um and i am just like enjoying having those sort of like drawn out in some of the like published literature i'm reading but the the published literature is like 600 pages long it's not 7000 words so you know 
Alka Atwater a pass here <laughs> for not writing this as like a novel length book. Um, uh, my critique of this fic is that it's not a completely different fic. <laughs> well, it's just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I wanted this one, I but more. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, um, no, I I thought I did. I thought it used its words very well. Like I thought it used its space well in telling the story it wanted to tell. Um. I think I was just like a fan of what it was doing and could have definitely read more of it. Yeah, I agree. I would definitely have gladly spent more time in the world and setting of this fic. Although I do like that a lot of things are left unanswered, um, which is interesting because if you listen to last episode, I talked about how um, sometimes I can like struggle with wanting more context or more information or like thinking a fic is going to answer some questions and then it doesn't answer those questions. And it's not required to. Um, but sometimes like that's a thing that I really want in a fic and in this case I was like I'm actually fine with the fact that I have a lot of questions Um, and on that note I think for our discussion it will be easier if I just give a quick recap of what happens in the fic so if you have listened this far and you're like I might be interested in reading this but you haven't yet we really haven't spoiled yeah we really haven't spoiled all that much Um, go read it I'm gonna just give you the full rundown Okay, great. I'm assuming you either have or haven't. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed it. So as mentioned, Lewis runs this holistic wellness shop. Charles shows up looking for help and Lewis is like, this is really not that kind of shop. I know someone who might be able to help you with supernatural things. And Sebastian is brought in by Charles's, what is the Tumblr post? Like his big wet eyes and loser boy personality have me captivated. <laughs> yes, like yes. literally yeah. Seb and yeah, Charles. That's it. Uh, and so Sebastian is like, okay, maybe you like have carbon monoxide poisoning and you are hallucinating the fact that your apartment is haunted and accidentally gets himself roped into going to Charles's place. Um, and there are a couple of things that are a little bit weird. Like they're doing the dishes and the pipes start like burbling. And so Seb is like, oh no, you have a leak. And then the sink itself is dry. Underneath the sink is dry. Water is coming up through the linoleum floor. It's not mm. supposed to do that. Okay. That's a little weird, but it's like probably still fine and there are just like all of these little things that just seem a little bit off but sebastian just keeps being like oh charles he's so guileless he can't help himself like he's so beautiful fluttering his eyelashes over this like glass of wine it's cute thank goodness i'm here (laughs) yeah exactly um which i have more thoughts on once i'm done with this recap but charles persuades seb to stay the night and in the middle of the night wakes up to charles choking him this is where i went from like a little bit of like things are weird to that like absolute moment of like oh god dread and also Sebastian. <laughs> this is where i was like yeah horror yeah. time baby let's go yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> this is where my um watching a horror movie feelings kicked in though where i was like sebastian girl get out of there mm-hmm. um he won't. because charles is like choking him with his eyes open and he's smiling and it's like so unsettling but then Seb is like, whoops, you were just sleepwalking. Um, what a weird thing to do in your sleep. Haha. Haha. But like, it's fine. <laughs> and then they hook up. And the next morning, Sebastian is like, hmm, yes, why would I leave this apartment? Lewis is calling me. I don't need to answer this. Charles is like, will you stay? And Sebastian is like, yes, I, I, hmm, I might be forgetting something, but it's fine. Why would I not want to stay? And it's like, oh, oh, bestie. And like, that's it. So you don't really know, like, is Charles being possessed? I don't know. Is Charles, like, the house? There are so many possibilities. Um, 
but again, I did, I really didn't mind that this fic left with an open ending um, because I was just sitting there like, oh God, oh God, which is exactly the feeling that I want out of a like, semi-horror fic. It's just such a fun story. I think one of my favorite things about it is the way that it does take its turns. Because early on, I'm pulling a Seb, right? He's thinking, hmm, that sounds like carbon monoxide poisoning. Charles, you are talking about this haunting and seem distressed, and I'm genuinely concerned that you are being poisoned by the air in your home. And I'm like, haha, this is going to be so funny. Um, because he probably is poisoned by the air. That's what I definitely would say if someone was like, hey... <laughs> Uh, can you help me? I'm being haunted. I'd be like, uh, not to be a skeptic on this podcast. Um, I do mm -hmm. know in the past I have played the role of Ryan Bergara, <laughs> but I, I'm closer to Shane Midday <laughs> in this particular way. Um, so it's just so fun to get to like hit certain points in the story where you're like, uh-oh, because yeah, the floor water didn't get me either. I was like, haha, pipe under the floor. Or like, mm, maybe he's built something. Like, there's no chance. Um, and then the choking was enough for me to go, mm, I I misstepped here. Sebastian definitely misstepped here. Um, it's Sebastian's POV is such a close third person. We are so in his head. We are seeing things through his eyes. We are getting his thoughts as they happen. So it makes sense that you're kind of pulled along in that particular way. And then you get the dramatic irony, like Reed was talking about uh, earlier, where you're like, get out of there, my king. What are you doing? He's choking you with his hands and he's smiling at you. But he's we're so deep in his POV that it's like, mm, no biggie. Uh, you also get the sense that he is being affected by Charles or the house or both. Some kind of supernatural shtick by this point. But it was very comical and also alarming in a way that I really loved. I think because this is a fan fiction i was like the haunting's real <laughs> um i think i would have been more skeptical in like traditionally published literature um but i was like oh it's real let's do it um <laughs> i mean i th thought it would have been funny if it was just carbon monoxide poisoning <laughs> but i think once we started i mean like not that it's funny if people get carbon not please everyone don't get it's not funny it's not funny i'm sorry i do really um, bad faith reading of what you just said to be fair yeah <laughs> i'm i was just thinking we were talking about this in pre-discussion though that post that's like there was black mold in my house and now i'm not a larry truther or whatever <laughs> yes yeah, i thought you were gonna invoke the so you piss on the poor Tumblr post? <laughs> no. No, I was evoking when you get help from your situation and you no longer are like deeply in a fandom rabbit hole. Um, <laughs> which would have been a funny direction for Charles to like go in in this fic. Um, I think if Charles had seemed a little bit more like fixated on something like unreal at the beginning i might have bought in more to it being fake um like if he'd been like and i hear the person in my walls i would have been like oh charles i don't know about that <laughs> um <laughs> but once we got to the the pipes i was definitely like oh yeah it, it's haunted <laughs> um and i really liked how how that developed i don't really care if it's like possession or whatever but i really enjoyed that like seb gets roped in at the end um I do, yeah, I think it's interesting, like, the sort of role the house plays, because this is a haunted house story. Um, 
I think because Sebastian at the end has that feeling of like, I don't need to go anywhere else. It's not even just like a, I need to stay with Charles. Yeah. It's like, I'm content here. Oh, yeah. That like really made me think about the link between Charles and his house um, in this fic and like sort of how those two presences are linked because we don't really know if there's like another spirit or if it's just Charles or if it's like the house is the thing that's haunted and it already got Charles and now it's sending him out on little missions to go get other people whose energy it can kind of eat up. Yeah. Um, it's like Venom. Sure. <laughs> um, I'm really fond of this little haunted house, to be honest. I Good work, house. <laughs> You've got another one. <laughs> um... Yeah, I, this is a time where I really wish we could just sort of randomly ring someone up. Like, I want to talk to Cricket about why she recommended this yeah. pick. Like, obviously, we got her little note. And, like, I am curious about all of these in a way. Like, I would I would love to have these discussions with all three of the people who, like, recommended them to us. Um, but Cricket sort of saying, like, oh, this rearranged my molecular being. I'm like, tell me about it, Cricket. I want to understand, like, I don't know all of Cricket's... Um, Formula One like feelings or experiences. I have been witnessing a bit of her descent into Formula One fandom, but I don't know like how much she is like a Charles or like Sebastian fan. But I feel like it'd be really interesting here to have that perspective of someone who's like more versed in the Charles or like Seb lore. And like if there's little things that like we didn't pick up on, I'd be so curious about that. Like you can obviously let me know after you listen to this, anyone, not just cricket. Um, but yeah, I feel like this is just a time where I'm like, oh my god, I I want to get her on the phone and like find out more about her experiences with this fic as well. Yeah, well, it was interesting going through the comments um, because a lot of people were commenting on the characterization for both Charles and for Seb. And some people who I assume have more knowledge about Seb and the Seb lore, etc. were talking about how well this fic plays into his sort of savior complex and like his desire to be a protector but also to be seen as a protector um which was really interesting especially going back for a second read because i read this the first time doing the random number generator and then i read it again in preparation for this episode um and my second time reading it i was so much more on the lookout like i was like okay charles what is going on here like i was very <laughs> eyes emoji at everything um and the way that sebastian and charles is I don't know, relationship is not quite the right word, but the way that their dynamic develops. The first time I was reading, um, it's not quite insta-love, but the way that Sebastian immediately finds Charles so alluring and is so, like, commenting on how pretty he is and all of these things that really just seem to, like, get at the heart of Sebastian and, like, make him want to help. I was reading it as sort of, like, it's the fan fiction thing of, like, you're reading a fic for two people being together. So, like, of course it makes sense that Seb would have this instant feeling for Charles. My second time around, I was like, what in the possession haunting could be influencing this? Because I have no idea when Charles first shows up in that shop, as Brenna said, like, is is he already under the thrall of this, like, house, this entity, whatever, and is he being, like, sent out to draw people in? Or is he, like, legitimately afraid, like, I, something is happening and is weird, like, is that genuine Charles, or at least partially genuine Charles, who then, yeah, like, is it an unconscious escape attempt? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then just happens to, like, reel Sebastian in. But there are all of these little lines about how strongly Sebastian feels about Charles and how strongly he feels the need to protect him or to try to be helpful in some way in the situation, um, which, especially with context from the comments, I was taking as both quote-unquote canon Seb. I say quote-unquote because it's, like, it's RPF. We're, you know, we're making up imaginary versions of these people. But, like, 
I, on my second read, was sort of interpreting it as a mix between how we understand Sebastian to be as a person and also just the thrall of whatever this entity is pulling him in so immediately and so strongly, um, which was a really interesting reading experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I think, too, kind of on that topic, let's let's see if I can make this make sense. My my hypothesis is that the currency of a close POV is detail. What is the POV character paying attention to? How much are they paying attention to it? How does their attention, like what is the cadence of that attention? And how are the details presented to us? In what context? In what comparison? I've talked before about this idea of like, quote unquote, in-universe metaphors, right? I think about the Queen's Thief fic that Brenna brought a little while back, uh, where there's a line about like, oh, like this the wind was lashing at him like his uncle hitting him in the ear. So it's like, okay, that immediately is telling me something. And that particular detail is kind of improving my understanding of the character through their POV. And so if we're looking at the kind of narrative movement and momentum of this story being about possession and haunting, then it makes so much sense that even from the first time Sebastian lays eyes on Charles, he's like, ooh, st stunning. Um, <laughs> weird, confusing, unsettling, but stunning. I'm intrigued. And so then you know that there is going to be this pull. I, as a reader, initially, knowing that the fic was rated E, assumed that it was exclusively like a sexual pull and that the momentum that we were building towards and the climax of this fic was going to be literal like sexual climax, because that's what happens a lot of times in like an 8,000 word explicit fanfiction story. People meet, they get it on. That's what we're building towards. That's the tension. That's like the, the anatomy of sexual tension and its release in fanfiction often very much kind of follows this pattern. So I found it super interesting that that was almost a bait and switch in this particular really close set POV. I mean, they do definitely bang, like, don't get me wrong. <laughs> and they seem to have a good time doing it. But that's not what the momentum is actually building towards in terms of Sebastian's pull to Charles. The tension is not necessarily released at the moment that you would expect it to be. And in fact, it almost coils up the tightest in this whole story in the last couple of lines. Yeah, I was also, like, <laughs> it's inconvenient that at this exact moment, we did our geek girl panel on a topic, but we haven't recorded our mini-sode <laughs> on the same topic, which we'll get after this, because this whole conversation has been making me think a lot about genre in fanfiction, which you'll hear about from us uh, next episode, unless you are one of a couple people. <laughs> hey. Um... But yeah, I was just thinking about like, we've talked a lot both in that panel in our sort of discussions between the three of us about what we want to talk about in that panel and just other times on the show about like, what genre can offer for fan fiction. And I think in terms of what both Reed and Nick were saying, like, this fic does such an interesting thing by almost like tricking you at the beginning by being like, Oh, yeah, lots of fanfiction have insta-love, right? Like, don't think too much of this. This is a very normal trope for me to be employing. Don't look over here. And then, like, doing a sort of bait and switch on us um, in a way that I think was really clever. Because, again, if this was not fanfiction, I think I would have been looking a lot harder at Sebastian's, like, sort of pull towards Charles and his, like, sort of immediate insta-lovey, like, feelings towards him um, than I did because it's fanfiction. And, like the way that fan fiction operates is by like often throwing us a couple tropes right up front and you don't have you usually don't have to think about them too hard um so i really enjoyed like how this played with sort of like our own internal expectations for like what a fic is going to offer when it like presents sort of a trope 
to us. One other thing I did mention during pre-discussion that I wanted to bring into our actual discussion um, is kind of going back to this idea of like sex and erotic scenes and like sensual scenes between characters being a real mainstay of fan fiction. And if a work is tagged explicit, like I'm usually, unless the tags indicate completely otherwise, I'm assuming that something sexual is going to happen in the story. And one conversation I have seen happening in fandom that's been happening for a very long time, probably as long as fandom has been around, um, is this conversation of like, what does a sex scene do? What is its purpose? What is like the structure of it? How do you make it effective? Um, and I've seen a lot of really compelling arguments about sex scenes being conduits for plot, for character, kind of operating in the same way that any other scene can and could um, in order to continue moving the story forward. And uh, there is a comment on this story that addresses that. The author talked about it a little bit, um, being a believer that sex scenes very much can and do develop character. They can develop relationships. There can be this kind of like character study and dynamic study element to it where you're getting to understand people better at this level of like quite literal vulnerability, like as the clothes come off, so can the layers. I think there is a lot of interesting stuff there. We don't have time to get into all of it right now, um, but I did want to touch on it uh, partly so that we can come back to this conversation in future stories when I'm sure it will come up again and partially because it feels relevant to this one in particular when there are so many things that are unexpected in this story. I really appreciated that there was also some grounding and like, we are doing this and I want to understand you better. The the reason for wanting to understand Charles better maybe is a little questionable <laughs> in this story. Uh-huh. But I think the way the author ended up choosing to play it out really, really worked. Yeah, agreed. I do think the explicit scene in this fic did a lot of work for characterization, also for like plot again that moment where seb wakes up and charles is choking him was when things like really started to like kick into gear for me um and i think it's like totally valid and fine if people have a sex scene in a fic and it's just because they want the characters to bang like it doesn't always have to be doing something momentous but it was definitely doing a lot of work in this fic and i think it did it really well i think as we round out this discussion and just talking about characterization i have to shout out a comment that was so funny when I first read this fic, I before I like knew that I was going to bring it for the pod or anything, I screenshotted part of this comment and sent it to um, Brenna and friend of the pod M because I was like, this is so fucking funny. Referencing Charles, uh, this one commenter said, on a lighter note, the small character details about all the objective loser behaviors Charles exhibits are so funny and spot on. <laughs> like, yeah, you get it. The appeal of a cartoon mouse conducting a multi-year psyop disguised as a human man. <laughs> Like, <laughs> it's so good so good and frankly like yeah. makes me want to read more charles centric fic absolutely because i do enjoy him like as a formula one driver and like the content that i see with him i enjoy i just haven't like delved much into the fandom side but he's so whack he's like so weird and strange and good and i this fic and this comment made me really want to see what other sort of Charles characterizations are out there in the tag. Also, the potential for just really angst-heavy Charles fic is beyond. Absolutely. And I would love to read some. I think I just there isn't like a ship for Charles that I feel really strongly about from my own Formula One like fandoming. So I haven't known where to start because I want just like those really good wrecks. I don't want to just go through the tag. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. 
Maybe you can ask for that in rec exchange. Maybe. Oh, ho, ho. Well, until Brenna and I go exploring the Formula One tag for more Charles Fick or get Rex sent to us, I am just going to once again thank Cricket for submitting this. A, a delightful read, which is kind of a weird thing to say about two people getting <laughs> possessed, haunted, etc. But I had a lot of fun with this, and I also felt like it worked really well for a sort of spooky Halloween episode. So thank you to this author for writing a great fic, and again to Cricket for bringing it to our attention. Okay, I have an idea for a transition, but I need help. Does someone want to help me do a skit? Okay, I can try. Okay, Brenna, I need you to pretend you're home alone and you're like, I hope no one rings my doorbell. Okay. Um, how do I do that? Just I don't know. Imagine me flipping. Uh, okay. <laughs> you have to say that you hope no one rings your doorbell, though. That's an yeah. important part. Okay. Um, scene opens. Brenna sits on couch watching TikTok. Wow, I really hope no one rings my doorbell. That would be so unsettling right now. Ring ding dong ding 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 ding. The fic that I brought for this episode is Practical Magic by Not Spring. This was recommended to us um, as a treat by Friend of the Pod Avery, um, specifically a treat for me, Brenna, which is great. I love getting things specifically for me. <laughs> Um, that's not sarcastic at all. I genuinely love it. Um, this is a fic with the pairing Minho and Ki. Um, and this is tagged as alternate universe modern with magic, which I think is very true. Um, we don't really have a lot of context about like what Minho and Ki of this world are like up to. They're they're not in the band Shiny, but we don't really know what what they're what's going on in their lives. They're two guys. Mm-hmm. They have Instagram. In um <laughs> They have Instagram. They they both are on Instagram. That is crucial to the plot of the story. Um, this fic is tagged teen. It is just a pretty like mild fic in a lot of ways. There's not much going on in an explicit nature. And in terms of like the sort of haunting aspect of it, it is not particularly creepy. It is more humorous. Um, this fic starts out with a relatively similar premise uh, to the Formula One fic, but takes it in a very different direction. Um, there is no carbon monoxide poisoning in this fic either. Yeah, this fic is pretty mild. So um, in terms of content warnings, I don't really have any. There is like an exorcism, but again, it's pretty light and fluffy. Um, there's, there is a passing mention to a deceased best friend, but again quite a mild reference um i don't really have any content warnings to put on this one um yeah so i just want to give you the quickest little premise for this fic before i hear from my co-hosts what they thought um i had i had a banger time i love being in my little min key corner there's not that many fics for these two in comparison to like other ships i really loved so i was really surprised i hadn't read this before especially because from an author who like i am somewhat familiar with their works um but somehow i hadn't which Again, just makes it a wonderful little treat. Um, basically, the premise here is that Minho slides into the DMs of Key and is like, hey, can you help me with an exorcism? Um, my apartment is haunted and Key thinks it's a pickup line, but then Minho's apartment actually is haunted. <laughs> um, so that's our jumping off point. Um, I think the characterization in this is excellent and I'm just excited to talk about it and sort of in a compare and contrast manner to Reed's fic as well. Yeah, this fic was so much fun. Similarly, I have read many a Not Spring fic, but I hadn't read this one. 
Um, so I was delighted to have this sort of brought to my attention or our attention. I feel like I had a similar-ish experience to Nick reading my fic in the sense that um, early on when Key is at Minho's apartment and is like, oh my god, wait, you actually meant that this is haunted, this wasn't a pickup line. Um, one of the things that happens that's kind of spooky or eerie is that there's like a sharp knocking sound from the pipes and then a sound that could only be described as a moan. And I read this and I was like, okay, as someone who's currently dealing with like very loud <laughs> pipes and like a radiator in my apartment building because like the weather is cooling down and the radiator just like kicks up a fuss whenever it's like in use. I was like, it's the pipes. There, this is, there is no haunting. <laughs> I don't, closed. like, I don't know why I was so confident that the, I don't know, the premise or whatever of this fic would be that Minho was convinced that he was being haunted and that that just wasn't the case. Mm-hmm. So when it- You, Sebastian Vettel, handshake emoji. Like literally, which is a weird thing to think about. <laughs> um, so when it got to the scene with like the exorcism and things are actually happening where Key is sort of feeling like a supernatural pull as they're going through this process, I was like, oh my God. It actually, like, it actually is haunted. Um, But as we have said, um, a very different tone to my fix. So I wasn't like, oh my God, it's haunted. And now I feel like these characters are in peril or I'm feeling like the dread or tension or whatever. I was like, still mostly just enjoying a really fun Minkey dynamic. Yeah, the characterizations here were so fun. Being in Key's head, I mean, Nick talked about being in a really close POV for Sebastian for my fic. Similarly, we're really in Key's head in this one, and he is such a fun voice. I felt like, for what I know of Shiny, these characterizations felt really, like, true and accurate and very fun. I was very sure that it was haunted from before I even started reading this fic, um, and it's partly because I am what you could call an AO3 user not spring super fan. I've mentioned this on the show before, we did one of her fics previously. A while back, um, in terms of like anyone who had a fan account and used an icon of like a celebrity um, had to, well, theoretically had to indicate in some way that they were a fan account or Twitter was just like suspending people left and right. And I do choose to believe that the reason I never got suspended is because I had not spring fan account in my bio <laughs> and I had, it was already there. <laughs> so as her fan, I knew for sure she likes to write creepy things. She likes to write things with like a supernatural edge to them. Uh, you might not know exactly what it is or why it happened, but it probably will happen. <laughs> so I was delighted to be proven correct in that. Um, yeah, I enjoyed this a lot. I'm not surprised I did. Um, I agree. Key is a very funny POV character. His like personal motto seems to be, I'll do it, but I won't be happy about it. <laughs> Uh, which is just how things went in this story. I feel like it was such a fun, like, meat ugly, if you will. I'll talk a little more about that later, probably. But it was just a good time with little edges of angst here and there and a lot of humor and, like, an interesting, fun, fairly open ending. So, yeah, banger. And definitely, I think, has quite a lot of parallels to the previous two fics we've discussed. So I'm excited to talk about that, too. Maybe Key is a farmer in this fic. Sorry, you said parallels to both fics. Um, that and we just also seems were really talk- unlikely. <laughs> well, we were talking about the fact that we don't know what they do in this universe. Like, we know that Minho, like, goes to the gym. Oh, so- why did you pick Key as the farmer, though? <laughs> you know, well, canonically, Key has, like, a little garden outside of his okay. apartment. But in you live in you live alone in i live alone 
he's not always like the best at taking <laughs> care of it. Oh, no. I don't know. Maybe it's because we only get like true Kibum I Live Alone episodes mm-hmm. like every six months or so. But it's yeah. like, well, that he's like my <laughs> farmer in Stardew Valley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's way more like your farmer. That very focused on the interpersonal, not as focused on profitable crops. Yes. <laughs> like not even concerned a little bit with profitable crops. No, <laughs> just vibing through. Um, yeah, so to sort of give us a little bit more of a framework in which to talk about this fic, um, it is not particularly plot heavy. It's very like character and like humor um, and banter heavy. But basically, Kibum shows up at Minho's apartment, is like, hey, and Minho's like, great, you're here to help me with this ghost. And Kibum's like, um, <laughs> I thought that was a pickup line. And Minho's like, no, but also maybe. Um, then they do genuinely try and deal with whatever is like haunting Minho's apartment. And they go see um, a woman who like runs a shop that I imagine is relatively similar to Lewis's shop <laughs> in the Formula One fic, but run by like a Korean grandma and not Lewis Hamilton. Um, and they like get some information from her. They do a few other things. They do some research. They get some herbs. Um, then they do an exorcism and voila. Um there, there is a little bit of, like, Kibum being freaked out and, like, having emotions in the middle there. Like, it's not pure fluff at all. And I think, like, the character elements, like, really bring it down to earth a little bit. Um, but at the end, they manage to exercise whatever is in Minho's apartment. And then um, maybe they go out on a date. We don't really know. Um I think the thing that really just won me over right away was the character voices in this. They, I think it's often quite difficult to write sort of an AU like this, especially with two characters who we sort of understand them in relation to each other for like how they've been for 15 years and like their dynamics that have evolved over that time. And I think this fic does a really great job of like introducing them to each other and yet making their character dynamic feel both believable for the story and believable for the characters. I think, honestly, with just a few little tweaks, you could have made this a canon story and I would have believed it. Um, Like, their banter and their interactions feel, like, more flirty than they'd ever be in real life. Obviously, this is fan fiction, um, but, like, also very true to the voices of both Minho and Ki in a way that I really enjoyed. This also reminded me of an iconic Instagram exchange between real-life Minho and Ki, where Minho writes the caption from their Atlantis comeback, Go forward, Atlantis. And then Ki comments, You should stop using Google Translate. I don't get what you're saying. Smiley emoji. Minho, my friend is Papago, not Google. Smiley emoji. Can you teach me instead of Papago? Kibum, yep, honey, 200 million won per hour and lunch is on you. Minho, okay, but you pay for the meal. Thumbs up emoji. Kibum, what the heck? I said lunch is on you. Dinner is on Papa Go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have to imagine Not Spring also had this in their mind um, about this fic because the back and forth about getting dinner or like, what are you going to give me if I do this exorcism for you? um, So reminiscent of that Instagram exchange. Uh, So yeah, I was just having an absolute banger time with the characterization here. Bren, I'm so glad you brought that up because we did talk about the, like, what the heck dinners on Papago moment in our pre-discussion, and I was really hoping it would come up in actual discussion because it is so goddamn funny and also, yeah, perfectly encapsulates their dynamic. But I did want to touch back on what you were saying about the fact that this fic isn't just, like, comedy and fluff all the way through, that there are these real moments of character work and just, like, 
serious emotions that are happening underneath the whack meet ugly premise. Um, and I think, as you referenced, there is a mention to the fact that Key has a deceased best friend. And that's it. It's just like a one or two lines. Like, it doesn't go into it in detail. But I think that just sort of lingering note to add a little bit more context to, like, why would Key allow himself to be sort of strung along and be roped into this because he had actually looked into something similar in the past. I think it just lent some weight and some like nuance to the kibum of this world and of this fic. And I thought it was a really smart and well done way to intersperse sort of backstory bits. And again, this like depth to a character in the middle of a lot of humor. I think that's one of Not Spring's skills. In every fic I've read, like, Nick, you are so correct for being um, a Not Spring truther, because every fic is a banger, <laughs> and I think um, she just does a really, like, masterful job with things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think sort of along those lines, just in general, I always really enjoy AU stories that have, like, any kind of parallel to canon, um, or to the real world and RPF. Characterization I find so interesting as a topic in fanfiction. I could just spend the rest of this entire discussion by myself talking about it. I won't. You're so welcome. Uh, but I will say that I think like maintaining recognizable characterization across different universes is really hard, especially if you're writing characters who are meeting in your story. I almost never do this. Maybe in like 90% of stories I write, the main like ship already know each other in some capacity. Maybe even more than 90%. I really hate making them meet. I think it's really hard. So I always get so impressed when a dynamic is recognizable, when the characterization is recognizable. Like, this very much feels like Minky doing their thing, experiencing each other at first glance, not necessarily getting along immediately, but being compelled by one another. Um, and then going through this experience that is bizarro and weird and, like, probably is going to create a strange camaraderie and intimacy between them after this story kind of concludes, right? There's some gravity that is keeping them together. And all of that feels so true to real life, where there are all of these elements. They're just kind of put together in a different order and they're wearing, like, different little hats. Also... I wanted to say, since I mentioned this in my little intro bit, that this very much, I think, qualifies as a meet ugly. Um, kind of like what I was saying before, like, I think it is hard to bring characters together to meet. And that's a reason why, like, the meet cute and the meet ugly are such beloved fanfiction tropes, because they give you a little uh, template almost for making two people meet one another. I love a meet ugly. I think they are such a great opportunity for humor. Um, in this case, I did really quick want to read just the first little, like, two lines of this story. It's kind of humiliating in the moment, but Kivam thinks he was justified in misreading Minho's intentions. Sure, Kivam had posted a selfie in the tarot shop with the caption, if you need to exorcise some demons, hit me up, but, like, no one in their right mind would take that literally, right? Surely not. And so immediately you're set up for like, well, someone is about to take this literally. <laughs> I have a feeling I know who it is. And I have a feeling I know how this is going to go. Um, and it's it's funny. It's joyful. It's interesting. It tells you about Kibam as a character. It tells you about Minho as a character. And I think any little trope like this, for example, a meet ugly or any other thing that like brings characters together and collides them in a way that feels recognizable is going to be this sort of scaffolding for understanding. I know to look for little elements of their characterization in this beginning and you can do it so economically because the reader is already on board they're like yeah 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 i'm here i know what i'm looking for i know what to pay attention to so i just thought that was a really smart move 
yeah, we talked earlier a little bit about wanting to like bring the fix from today into conversation with one another because I think they all have some through lines that are interesting and like it is interesting I think to see how fanfic plays with these horror trope elements and like the different directions an author can take them in um especially as like we ourselves the three of us have had such trouble finding a fix with horror elements in the past thank you ficlets for once again showing us up um <laughs> genuinely I appreciate it but I was thinking a lot about how, like, interesting it is the different ways that, like, this fic and the Formula One fic approach the sort of, like, haunted house question. Um, like, in Reed's fic, it's so deeply, like, the characters are being driven by this haunted house element and, like, their interactions with each other and, like, what we get from the ending are all so colored by this, like, external element that's sort of, like, we don't really know how much it's guiding them but it's there it's there and it, it has there's been no exorcism in that house um <laughs> versus like here i kind of almost feel like the characters themselves are doing more of like the shaping of what the exorcism and what the haunting like are like there's a factual evidence of like i guess weird things are happening in minho's apartment but like it's such a character driven fic without sort of the haunted house also being a character it's much more of just like a plot device here um yeah, I don't know. I just thought that was interesting, sort of the different two different directions these fix like went in when they sort of started from a similar like kernel of story and like what it does to the characters in both to either sort of like make the sort of haunted house spirit element into a character of its own or to sort of have it operating more just as like plot and setting and not like character. And I think to tie it into Nick's fic as well, I feel like not quite haunted, but maybe like setting as its own character sits somewhere in the middle between um, my fic and Brenda's fic. Because as we said, in my fic, like the haunted apartment house, whatever, very much feels like its own entity. In Brenda's fic, it's mostly just a plot device. But in Nick's fic, the valley doesn't start as a sort of insidious being. The farmer is just investigating what is going on. But as the farmer drinks the wizard's potion and begins to sort of see the valley in a new light, there's a line from the wizard that's like, the valley has its own goals, but just because something isn't inherently benign doesn't also mean that it's malignant. Because um, the farmer is like, is it trying to consume me? Like, is it a thing to fight? And the wizard is like, it just is. Like, in this version of Stardew Valley that this author crafted, the valley takes from the farmer, but it is not, again, like an insidious, like, oh, it's draining the farmer's life energy. It's just sort of the cycle of how things go. Like, the farmer benefits from the valley and it will eventually give back to the valley. And I just think it's interesting the different roles that these settings have within our fix and how they influence the characters within them. Yeah, I mean, to me, the the through line here is this idea that, like, if there is a haunting, you will find it at home. Someone's home, maybe not your home necessarily. And mm -hmm. like in my fic, it is this all encompassing sense that like everything is haunted in a weird way, that like the haunting is stasis, that the the ending is just when you can't go forward anymore. It's not that there's a hard stop, it's just that you can't bring yourself to continue. Versus then in Reed's fic, it's getting pulled into something because you are experiencing this like wanting and this desire to be something to someone else that it's maybe impossible to fully be 
And then in Brenna's fic, it's about having big arms. No, <laughs> that's probably not. Yeah. Well, a little bit. <laughs> um, right. But I mean, yeah, like in Brenna's fic, the, the ritual that they do, the exorcism, it is important, but it's almost an afterthought. And in a lot of ways, the haunting in this story is just the fact that Kibam knew what to do at all. It's not whatever spirit is actually inside of this house. It's like what gets kicked up for him in the process of witnessing it. Figlets, before we even recorded, like before we even pre-discussed this episode, I had pitched the title idea, Home is Where the Haunt Is, but I feel like I already said my thing and I couldn't fit it in. So let's all pretend that I did. And then if that ends up being the title, you'll know it's from this. Thank you. So to also kind of wrap things up full circle, if you're looking for sort of a cozy haunting story, I would quite recommend Practical Magic by Not Spring. Um, what a delightful little fic. You totally don't need any canon shiny knowledge. Just enjoy the mildly sort of Halloween-y autumnal vibes. I don't even know that it's autumn in this. I just made it autumn in my head. So do that as well. I would recommend <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Fic Click. If you enjoyed it, and we deeply and sincerely, even desperately hope that you did, then there are so many ways to get more Fic Click in your life. Um, at the top of this outro, since I know a lot of people skip it, if you're still here, wait, 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 stay, stay, hold on, stay. Uh, we are doing a rec exchange. When this episode comes out, hi, if you're listening right when it came out, yay. Uh, tag set nominations are still open. So if you're not familiar with our annual recommendation exchange, it is what it sounds like on the tin instead of writing or creating a fan work for someone else, you are recommending them stories and receiving recommendations in return. It's a super fun time. If you want to try to guarantee that a fandom that you really love is in the tag set for it, fill out a tag set nomination form. If you are listening to this episode on the day that it came out, or the handful of days after, the tag set for Rec Exchange is open until November 1st, and signups open on November 5th. So join us. If you would like to, you can recommend and receive recommendations for fanfiction across different fandoms. You have more information on that on our Tumblr, fitclick.tumblr.com, and you can also see more info on our Twitter and our Discord server. So if you want to join us, we are FitClick all kinds of places, and we would love to hear from you. Also, if you want to communicate long form with us, you can email us at fitclick pod at gmail.com we will see it we will respond to you at some point and it will be beautiful so let us know if you would like to support fit click and yell about how much you obviously love it um you can do so in a variety of ways we highly recommend leaving us a review on a platform that allows for reviews we love it so much and it also really helps people who are maybe just casually browsing or came across fit click in some other way to get a sense of what people think and feel about it if you would like to support FitClick monetarily, you can do so via our Ko-Fi. Um, and then also, if you're listening to this on the day that it comes out, our Redbubble shop will be open for a few more days until November 1st. I am planning to close it then. Um, we will have more merch options available in the future, probably not like November 2nd future. <laughs> <laughs> we will need some time to regroup and figure out some next steps. Um, but don't worry, this is not your last chance for FitClick merch. It is just your last chance, probably through Redbubble. Our next episode comes out on November 10th, and it is actually more of a mini-sode. We will be doing a formal recorded version of our Geek Girl Con panel, uh, in which we talked about genre and subgenre in fan fiction. If you attended Geek Girl Con, this is gonna be pretty similar. 
Um, I am going to try, we'll see. Ficklets, I'm going to try to spice it up with some elements that we were really hoping to bring into our live panel, but just didn't have the time for because of when we came up with the concept and the amount of time I will need to execute it. So if you did attend the panel and you still want to listen to the mini-sode, there will hopefully be some new elements to enjoy, but overall it will be pretty similar so that folks who didn't get to attend the panel can still hear our good thoughts and words. We put a lot of time into crafting our panel. We have many things to say. As Brenna alluded to, we will probably want to reference it in future FitClick episodes. So we hope you look forward to that. Ficklets, I'm pretty positive my apartment isn't haunted, but maybe just in case I will find someone to come check it out. And then maybe they will never leave my apartment and simply be subsumed by it. Bye! Ficklets, if you come over to my apartment, though, to help me with an exorcism, you can leave and we can go to dinner. Bye! <laughs> Ficklets, come visit my farm and we can remain the same forever. Bye!